ladies, gentlemen, please take your seats. The spotlight is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. And in this evening, I'm with my lovely wife, Sarah, and we are going to be discussing Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Sticking them both together just so that we can get it said, I guess. And the, considering there's a lot to cover as well. There is. There is. Yeah, I got there. 13 pages worth of notes. How, how many movies are they up to now? Five right now. Six. One is just in the theaters as of, I think, yesterday. Five movies and I was done after like two and a half, three. <laughs> I love these movies. I don't really like Jurassic Park 3, but we'll get to that. Um, <clears throat> But yeah. So, like, were you ever into dinosaurs as a kid? Well, I can start off by telling you what Jurassic Park was like when it was first released for me. Yeah. Okay, so growing up in the early 90s... um. Dinosaurs were already everywhere. Everything had a dinosaur set to it. Lego had it. You know, you could get plastic dinosaurs anywhere you wanted to. The Power Rangers hadn't been out yet, but that's another thing that uses dinosaurs to uh, for popularity. Because I haven't met a single person on the whole damn planet that doesn't like dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, they're so fascinating because, for one, we can't really figure out what the hell happened to them? We think we know, but nobody knows, right? Uh, there's more information now than there was, but that's a whole new podcast, right? Yeah. That has nothing that pertains to the movies per se. So <clears throat> when it came out, it blew up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely blew up. Um, and I was of the age where that's the kind of toys they were trying to sell to you. Well, you, you were know, nine. That, was I nine? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I was 13. Yeah, that makes sense. So... And, and oh man, if you came to school and you're like, yeah, I got a Jurassic Park Velociraptor and you, it didn't have that JP tattoo on the side of it, kids made fun of you. Oh, I wasn't, I was beyond that, obviously. Oh no. It was a, oh, you're a loser. You got a rip off Jurassic Park dinosaur. It's not a real one. See, my fascination with dinosaurs like started long before Jurassic Park came out. You know how I've been into whales my whole life? Yeah. Well, dinosaurs came first. Oh, okay. And I was just fascinated by their size. <laughs> I actually had dinosaur sheets. I was telling Matt, I was telling you this like the other day where the bottom sheet that fitted one that's awful to fold had like the different dinosaur paw prints. And then the top one had the different dinosaurs. And then the pillowcase had a <laughs> had a day dinosaur on it with the sun behind it. And then you flipped it over and it had a night dinosaur with the, sun, with the moon behind it. Yeah. I love those sheets. I wish I could find those now. Was that the pillowcase that did that? Or? Yeah, you flip the pillowcase. So, like, in the morning, I would flip it to the sunshine. It'd be a triceratops. And then at night, I would flip it to the inside with the moon, and it'd be a T-Rex. So, I only had one friend that uh, really had the toys, like, enough to really talk about. But th- they were awesome. Yeah. Oh, like, back then with the flesh parts that rip off or flip around. Oh, yeah. To make I remember it, those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, color change things they did with water you know they had a whole bunch of stuff we all know though those color change toys never really worked fully we got rid of that aerial that's supposed to go in the water and her fins are supposed to change it i don't think i've ever seen it change that one doesn't but i've seen hot wheels do that one is supposed to it does but it's a very subtle change i had a bracelet that was like that it was horrible but um i used to get like when i 
when I would pass a grade, my mom and dad found these really cool, like almost like a brushed copper type pencil crayon or pencil sharpener. And they all have different dinosaurs because my favorite ones were Stegosaurus and Brontosaurus. I had those. Yeah. But I used to get them. I think at one point I had like four of these pencil sharpeners. They were so neat. So feelings when you first saw the opening Brontosaurus striding across the meadow scene. Honest? Because that was the iconic first look at yeah. the dinosaurs was those brontosaurus. Yeah, because even though you were hinted at the dinosaur in the box in the beginning, right where he eats that worker, we didn't really know it was a velociraptor at that point. Um, and we didn't see it. All you saw was the eyeball, I think, right? Um, but yeah, that iconic scene, I think I had the same reaction as Dr. Grant did, which was played by Sam Neill. By just looking, and I was like, "Holy moly!" Like, and like, like I was just for, fuck right? for the time that animation was amazing. Oh, I do touch on that later because, well, actually, I can touch on that. Yeah, later. we'll we'll just nitpick at everything, right? <laughs> yeah, because like, we only got an hour. Or so. so Steven Spielberg, he's been always ahead of the time, I think, in terms of special effects. Because if you go back to 1975's Jaws, it yeah. may look kind of cheesy now to us, but in '75, that was like really big special effects used and he used that and i'm not sure i think he used mostly puppets i don't think they didn't really have cgi back then no but the things they could do with puppets were insane too oh it was insane <coughs> so when they got this the dinosaurs were done with a combination of cgi and um animatronics so i mean it was it was really neat how they did it but and apparently the t-rex scene when it was raining the 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 rain would just because they used a C, um, they used an animatronic for some of the close ups, yeah, and it would just weigh the T Rex down so that they keep stop filming just to pad it down to get some of the water off of it because it was just weighing it down so much. Okay, so we know the Brontos were CG because they were in the background, yeah. right? They were further they were never away. really touched. Yeah. Now the Triceratops that had the the problem I, in the first movie. Oh, uh, I believe that was probably an animatronic because they were touching it. Yeah, I don't know if it was an you, it animatronic or a to, puppet. You, it'd be kind of hard to lean on it and put your ear to it like Dr. Grant was doing and going yeah. up and down. If it wasn't animatronic, it would be kind of hard to yeah. do so. Um, something always plagued me in that scene since the beginning of time, like since they released the movie, was... So Dr. Ellie Sattler, who was played by Laura Dern, she checks out the vitals of this Triceratops. And the vet who was overseeing this, like, the Triceratops before she got there... He's, she's like, did you ever notice, like, oh, her, her pupils are, her pupils are dilated. And he's like, are they? Well, I'll be damned. I'm like, why didn't you check that? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's one of the first things. Step when you take one. your cat into a vet, the first thing they do is check the eyes, you know, and then they check the teeth. Why didn't he do that? I, that has always bothered me. Yeah, I have no idea. It's always bothered me. Always. Because, like, even when someone's tweaking out or whatever, you can tell by their eyes yeah. first off, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, um, the basis of this movie, I think, was showing the power of science, not just the, um, I mean, it was about, obviously, the dinosaurs, but bringing science into the forefront and what you can do with it. And should we do it? Exactly, right? So, <coughs> they got the DNA, they extracted the DNA to do these dinosaurs from a mosquito trapped in a tree sap, which was eventually become amber. However, I'm debunking that. Um, Manchester University recently concluded that multiple experiences, experiments in DNA extraction, what was gleaned from that was that you cannot 
get million-year-old DNA from fossilized insects. In fact, DNA degrades after 60 years. It starts to degrade, and it gets very, very degraded after 521 years. Well, it was supposed to be because it was encased in amber, right? But it doesn't matter, right? DNA will still degrade over time. So, like, after every 1,000 years, 75% of the genetic information is completely gone. So even if it's found protected in bone that spent time at minus 5 degrees Celsius, the DNA will still degrade. So DNA found 65 million years ago has absolutely no genetic information to form a DNA profile. So in short, dino DNA cannot and does not exist. Well, actually, they're working on cloning a mammoth. Have they learned nothing from these movies? Nope. So... Yeah, I heard they're trying to clone a mammoth. They've tried a couple different times. There's apparently several different ways they can go about doing it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know so, what's taking so long. I think it's one of those iconic lines in any movie that we can all remember was what um, Dr. Ian Malcolm said, who was played by Jeff Goldblum. He said, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Yeah. And that... Well, applies. that's why I made the reference. Yeah, and that applies to so much even nowadays, right? Like, not just in dinosaur DNA and stuff. It just applies everywhere, really. Um, but, yeah. So, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about... So, you know that scene where they're at the dig site? Yeah. And they're, they the, have the um, ground-penetrating radar to take a picture of the velociraptor skeleton. And that ugly kid's like, yeah. that doesn't look so scary. It looks like a six-foot turkey. Uh, why did they have to pick such an ugly freaking kid for that? And why is there a random kid at a dig site? It could have been one of the um, kids of one of the other archaeologies. Mm. There could have been a school trip there. Oh, maybe. And the reason they picked an ugly kid is so that you didn't feel bad when the doctor ripped him a new one verbally. Yeah, that's true. So fun fact on that ugly child. He's played by a guy named Whit Hertford. Who also played the choreographer Dakota Stanley in the two thousand nine, in two thousand nine in season one of Glee, and he's still ugly, and oh, really? short as fuck. He's oh, really? short as fuck. So huh. do you, I don't know how much of Glee you know, but he called Corey Monty's character Finn Hudson. He's like, come on, Franken teen, and Corey Monty's made that his Twitter handle was Franken teen. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but. Yeah, so anyways, that was just one of my fun facts I had to get out there. You know the red-headed kid from Sandlot? Yeah. Still looks the same. Yeah, oh, he so does. He was in an episode of The Closer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's got a, a kid now. Mm -hmm. You know what his nickname is for his kid? Smalls. Smalls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Smalls. That's a whole different movie. That's a great <clears throat> movie, too. But So I found it funny that out of all the characters they're bringing back in Dominion was that of um, Dodson. Remember, so Wayne Knight, who plays Nedry, is sitting at the table in that cafe in Puerto Rico or wherever there, or Costa Rica. He's like, Dodson. He's like, oh, don't say my name. And he's like, nobody cares. Yeah, we got Dodson here. Yeah. He's coming back in Dominion. Really? But played by a completely different person. Because Cameron Thor played him in Jurassic Park. And yeah. I think um, Campbell Scott, he's playing him in Dominion. But why? Why bring back such an insignificant character who had like literally like what less than five minutes screen time in the original? And on top of that, <clears throat> why change who played him? Yeah, and that's like, not. There's so hit many the other characters throughout the whole like franchise that they could bring back. They didn't bring back any of the kids except for the one in the last movie, and they didn't bring back um, Julianne Moore to play Sarah Harding, who was in Lost World, the second one. Yeah. 
So and or and, Vince Vaughn. And just so <laughs> everybody knows at home, we have not seen the new one. For one, it's not out yet. It actually, out comes yet. out today. It's out. We just haven't seen yeah. it. And even if we did see it, we're not dicks. We're not going to put spoilers on here. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. So, yeah. So, so B.D. Wong, I think he plays Dr. Henry Wu, the guy who's behind the DNA. Yeah, he's in the most. Magic. He is in the most films. Yeah. Like, I think th- he's in every film except for Jurassic Park, Lost World, and Jurassic Park 3. So, he's in, what, five or four out of the six films? So, that's crazy. And Jeff Goldblum would be number two. Which one was it that they had this great big technical living trailer thing and that was Jurassic Park to uh, Lost World. Lost World. That's well, the one with Jeff Goldblum. Was, I think so. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the main character in that one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you really saw character development though from I, the first one to that one. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen three all the way. Skip it. And if I have, <laughs> I don't think I liked it. Um, I've only seen. Th- I see three. I've seen three. I'm sorry. I'm sick, guys. So my verbal skills is a little lacking. Um, three to me is the weakest of the movies. All of them. I found that they were really reaching for a storyline. Um, Bring your mic up a bit. Oh. So it's <clears throat> looking at you and you're not above it. Better? Better? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get to Jurassic Park 3 in a minute. So the T-Rex obviously is the star of this movie. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, I know the Velociraptors were getting our first look at them. Everybody loves the T-Rex. That's why the Red Ranger is the T-Rex. Yeah, right? The T-Rex is the king of the dinosaurs. So, so the T-Rex... And the T-Rex is not even the biggest of its type. No, it's not. All right, so John Hammond's grandkids were terrorized by this T-Rex in that very first scene where it's coming out in the rain after it eats the lawyer off the toilet. Um... So the kids are moving around using the flashlight inside this Jeep thing. but the And the Rex knows he's attracted to the light. So there's two things here that I can debunk regarding the T-Rex that they've done in this movie. Uh-huh. So one, so according to paleontologist and author Stephen Brusetti, stated in his book, The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs, A New History of a Lost World. That's a long title, I know. The storyline of the Rex's vision being based on movement is completely false. Yeah. In fact, they have incredible senses, including like your vision, your hearing, and your scent. So they can smell things yeah. from miles away. And if you've ever played Ark, you already know that. I already know that. And also, an adult T-Rex has a bite force of 35,000 newtons, or 431... Newtons. newtons. Sorry, newtons. I said newtons. Newtons. Newtons, or 431,000 pounds per square inch. So humans only have 300 newtons. So that T-Rex could have easily bitten through those Jeeps. And I can't remember which book I saw it in. It was either in Brissetti's or it was in uh, Walter Alvarez's The T-Rex and the Crater of Doom. Because they actually um, explained how they did the bite force experiment. I can't remember which book it is and it's pissing me off. It's one of those two. Um, But it was really neat because they actually said in the book that they could, that the T-Rex could bite through a car. Yeah, Yeah. It'd be easy. And so, and he did it. The T-Rexes did it in the second movie. Yeah. So flawed, and maybe maybe it's a flaw by accident, or maybe it was the fact that maybe some of this information about the T-Rex's life back in those days didn't come to fruition before or this mo- first movie was out. maybe there's special cars designed to deal with that stuff because no, uh, 
what does he say, Hammond say? How he spared no expense there. Yeah. Yeah, it's through almost every movie. So, like, (laughs) if he spared no expense, I would imagine he'd be getting beefier vehicles, ones that could take bites from T-Rexes. Yeah. You know, make that shit out of titanium or some shit. So, you know that scene, though, right before the T-Rex shows up? And they're sitting, the cars have stopped. And the water shakes. Yeah. So, the and you see the mirror, the mirror tremble. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> so, Steven Spielberg was blasting music, um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, on his way to the set in the one day. And he noticed his mirror, his rear view mirror vibrating to the music. And he that's where he got the idea oh. for the mirror. And I'm like, oh, that's such a neat fact to know. Like, And also that Steven Spielberg listened to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um and then the cups, to make the water jump like that, yeah. they actually had guitar strings attached to the cups, and somebody was underneath the Jeep plucking the guitar strings to make the water vibrate. Oh, neat. Yeah, right? Isn't that neat stuff to find out about these attached movies? Attached to the cups underneath the Jeep, so they just... Like underneath the, the dashboard, yeah. <clears throat> huh. Yeah, and you just pluck the guitar string. <laughs> That's handy. Yeah. So, Samuel L. Jackson's in this movie. Like a motherfucker he is. But he never swears in it. I the most know. he says is, hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. But he ends up dead. Oh. I know. Who kills off Samuel? Like, come on. That's just bullshit. Well, he did die as Maze Window, too. Mm, that's true. I think. Um, <clears throat> so, um, the sound of the T-Rex's footsteps came from the sound of redwood trees falling. And with the Rex being, but I can never figure out why the Rex being so huge that at the end of the movie where he kind of swoops in and saves the day and fights off the two raptors that are left, that nobody felt or heard him coming. But yet you felt him coming in that first scene, right? Well, that one when he was fighting the raptors, he actually looked smaller then. So I'm wondering if it was a different Rex. But they only said they had one though. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm like. I kept thinking, like, well, how come they didn't hear it coming? Like, was he was she wearing slippers? Did she tiptoe through the tulips? Um, but yeah. Oh, and the sound of the T Rex that they made, the, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, came from a combination of a baby elef- elephant for the f- high frequency and for the low frequency. They used a combo of a lion and a crocodile. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and for the raptors, they the high frequency noises were made by dolphins, and yeah. the low frequencies were done by walruses. Oh, neat. Yeah, I know, right? Like that. Well, they had kind of like a weird, like, knock. Ah, 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 ah. You like, know, like they had like, that weird. Yeah, and the snarl would have been more of a, I think, wallers, because wallers just can snarl. Um, But it was the highest grossest movie up until Titanic came out. Not surprised. Yeah, fuck Titanic. The, the first one was absolutely but fuck amazing. Titanic. I hated Titanic. That movie sucked. <laughs> We all know Until the then, there was no special effects things Mm-mm. quite that big since Star Wars. Yeah. Well, like, even for this movie, like, this movie's special effects were so good that he won Oscars for the special effects and two Oscars for sound. Like, even just looking at how things move, you yeah. can tell that they had people looking at muscle muscle densities and movements and stuff like that, right? Like, you felt a real weight when things took a step. I think... Why it was so good is because they actually put the time and effort and research, I think, into the animals and what their movements would be like. And 
Spielberg being the perfectionist that he is, he just wanted everything to be seamless. And I thought the special effects in the first movie far outweighed some of the special effects in the second movie. Because, I mean, like, um, there's a scene where the raptors in the second movie where they're kind of poking through the building that um, Sarah Harding and um, Ian's daughter's in looked really bad. And like there was like one scene where you could see the back of the raptor's head going after Ian Malcolm. Was Sarah Harding ba- uh, a new character, or was she? She was a of- new character in Jurassic Park Two, played by Julianne Moore. Oh, okay. Whoops! I hit my fucking table. Don't hit the table. I hit the table. It's kind of nice, just the two of us. Yeah. You know, it's not as crowded. Six was way too many. Six was definitely too many. We couldn't fit everybody in. No. 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 Next time I bow out. Um. So the second movie was good. I actually quite liked the second movie. It took you me a while. You were even in on the huh? Were were you in on that big one? Oh yeah, yeah it was pets. Yeah, yeah, it was. Pets was huge. It was like what two two ago? Something like that. Yeah, two podcasts ago. Um, the second movie they brought back um, for like a brief, like literally less than a minute interaction with um, Jeff Goldblum's character was the kids who played the kids in the first movie. Lex and Tim. Yeah. Um, and then they brought back Sir Richard Attenborough to play John Hammond again. Okay. Which I believe was his last film for that Jurassic was, Park. That was uh, Attenborough? Attenborough. Richard Attenborough. And who's the guy who does the documentaries? David Attenborough. I believe they're brothers. Well, that would make a lot of sense. Don't quote me on that, though. I'm pretty sure. Huh. Um, so, basically, in the f- opening of that, you see copies for the first time. Yeah. And they attack that little girl. That little girl, yeah. Yeah. So because of that, she John Hammond off. John Hammond's nephew wants to take the company away from Hammond. And Hammond wanted to send four people to the island to document and take photos of the dinosaurs that are left there that aren't caged in. They're like running wild. It's Site B. It's called Il- um Now where does Isla Site B Sorna? come in? Is that the second movie? Yeah. Yeah. Now where's Jurassic World? Um, that's in the first that's on Isla Nublar Nublar, which is where the first movie pr- takes place. So they rebuilt. They site rebuilt. A. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so they try to take the. They send anyways. So Hammond wants to send Ian and a bunch of three other people to document these animals, and Ian's like, uh, "No, that's stupid." He's not wrong, but then he finds out his girlfriend's already there, and that's played by Julianne Moore as Doctor Sarah Harding. Yeah. So then he and the guy who plays Nick Van Owen, which is um, Vince Vaughn. Yeah. And Eddie Carr, who's played by um, Richard Schiff. I liked his character, actually. What happened to that guy, Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn? Yeah. He's done a lot of movies. Not really good movies. Yeah, but nothing recently. Not a, no, I can't think of anything, really. He shows up at the few NBA games, but that's about it. Well, good for him. Yay. Gotta have a hobby. Yeah. So, um, the very first real dinosaur you see in Jurassic Part 2. I'm just going to call it Jurassic Part 2. Is a stegosaurus. And Sarah Harding is trying to take pictures of the stegosaurus. And there's a baby stegosaurus. And then she scares the hell out of the baby stegosaurus. And the stegosaurus is like all go kind of crazy and start trying to protect their baby. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but they did get that right, actually. Because there is um, fossilized evidence that um, stegosauruses did move in multi-generational groups. And in ARC, if you hit one, they all come. They all come running. And those suckers are brutal. Yes. <coughs> Especially if you get stuck on the end. There's 
I think the stegosauruses do it, but there's another one that does it too. You can actually get harpooned on the thing. I think that's the kentosaurus. Kentosaurus or something. Um, And then they find um, Ian's daughter, Kelly. He's played by Vanessa Lee Chester. She sneaks onto the bus thing and they don't know she's there until after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so basically this movie is a little different. Yes, they're going to site B to document and take pictures, but it's the premise of the movie is watching um, trophy hunting. So was site B supposed to be like a breeding ground or like a test area? I think both, a little bit of both. Because it didn't look like it was a park B. It wasn't a park B. It was not supposed to have any humans on it. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, just his secondary site that he yeah. had dinosaurs So on. John Hammond's nephew goes there, and he's there to pick up certain animals to bring to the San Diego Zoo. And then the, the team that he hires, the mercenary team that he hires, um, they're allowed to pick off any animals after that that they want for trophies, which is disgusting. Don't ever trophy hunt, because if you trophy hunt, you're the lowest of the low. Um, so they find... The site, the, anyways, the um, good guys find the bad guy site where they have all these animals in cages and stuff. So Vince Vaughn's character, who was under the guise of being the videographer and the photographer, also worked for Greenpeace. Yeah. Um, he released a bunch of them and he discovered a baby t- baby Rex with a broken leg. So he takes it back to their trailer. Which brings in Mama. Which, Yeah, so they're fixing it. And then Mama and the Papa Rex come. Yeah. And all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Um, and this is where you actually see the bite force of the Rex because after they get their babies, they go away. And then they come back, try to push the trailer over the edge, so and then the they what? leave. Hmm? The what? The trailer. <laughs> inside joke. I'm we'll trying to be professional, okay? <laughs> Fuck you. It's an inside joke. Maybe we'll tell you guys about it later. Maybe. I'm sure if you look back on certain podcasts, it might be there Maybe. already. Um, Camping. Yeah. <laughs> Camping. Run. Um, so they're rest. Anyway, so Eddie Carr comes up and he takes the car and he's trying to pull the trailer back up onto the, <laughs> <to> the <laughs> ledge. And that's when the T-Rexes attack him, bite through the car and kill Eddie, which sucks because he was really a good character. Um, so... It's a partial fact and a debunked fact at the same time. So, anyways, Rex infants had a 60% chance of succumbing to predators. There's absolutely no evidence supporting postnatal care from uh, adult Rexes to their babies once they're born. Um, There's no evidence of uh, a family no. establishment? So, the most thing that they have is fossilized, f- fossilized footprints evidence that supports that they traveled together. But it didn't specify whether those footprints were of a smaller, like it didn't show really, they didn't specify if they were a generational travel group. <laughs> so they might just be talking about a mated pair. And it could just have <clears throat> been um, hibernation routes. Possibly. But they were very selective in their egg sites um, and how they, their nesting sites where they would nest. Um, so they were very selective. They took very, very delicate care of placing their eggs in their nests. Yeah. So, so I mean, there was obviously some kind of um, um, sentience towards their offspring at the beginning, bef- just to get them to life. But after that, there's really nothing that yeah. validates 
anything. So just so you know, you're three minutes away from a half an hour and you're still on the second movie. Okay. Well, let me see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so the whole thing about wondering if a T-Rex can sneak up on you? Uh-huh. They can. Oh. Yeah. So researchers discovered that the type of the shape of their foot and how elongated it is, um, they consistently generate the seismic waves, which makes the same, like maintains the same intensity. Yeah. Um, with each step. So any unsuspecting prey would hear these steps, but they wouldn't be able to figure out where it's coming from because it would be like all around them kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so they wouldn't be able to determine the proximity of the racks. So technically speaking, yeah, they could. So the elongated fate of, um, feet of theropods like the racks had this, had the weakest seismic waves um, that produced in the direction um, that they're walking, which allowed them to sneak up on their prey. So... I also heard that they couldn't run as fast as they're depicted to in Jurassic Park um, because of their overall frame and how much they actually weigh. They can take <clears throat> long strides, but to actually full out run at you like that, I don't is, think they. Ca- I think yeah. they had a good gait to them, but I. I don't know. I don't think I came across anything that would fully debunk that. Yeah. So I mean that that could be true. Something I heard. It Maybe could be. it's something to look up if you get bored, friends at home. So you know how they portrayed the Velociraptors? Yeah. In all of these movies, wrong. But if you want to be a clever girl, you can check us out on WordPress. Yes. We now have a Tiki Talkie, <laughs> even though we're probably too old to have a Tiki Talkie. We're just starting the Tiki Talkie, yeah. so yeah. I can't even pronounce it right. I keep calling it Tiki Talkie. Yeah, we get silly with it. Yeah, why not? We also uh, did. I mention Instagram. Yeah, we have Instagram too. Instagram, uh, we tweet. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit on the YouTube channel. Haven't done much with it in a while, but yeah. Are you done with your shameless plugs? No, because they also should check out the Facebook fan group. Oh yeah, the Facebook page. Yeah. Facebook page will lead you to every direction. Yeah. All right. Go That's on. That's the Mystery Matt Fan Club Facebook page. All right, so Velociraptors look nothing like they've been portrayed in these movies. They're actually very small. They're literally the size of a turkey, right? Um, they did not hunt in packs. And that sickle-like middle toe that they have. Yeah. Um, so according to Stephen Bersetti, um, you're not recording me. No? No, I'm in my pajamas. You can't do oh, that. Well, fine, I also have no makeup on, and I look like I licked a light socket. So... No Ste- preview this time, guys. No. Stephen Bersetti, um, <laughs> according to him, he said that that sickle-like toe wasn't likely used for dismemberment because the curvature of it, and it was actually relatively thin, oh, okay. wouldn't have been able to perform the disembowelments that Dr. Grant alluded to in the first movie. So what would have actually been for just stability? Just to pin them down, pin the prey down, maybe oh, okay. puncture them a little bit, but not enough to, they wouldn't have the, the, the toe itself wouldn't have had enough um, give to completely rip open a prey. Huh. Um, so they were not found in the grasslands. They were actually first discovered in 1923 in the Gobi Desert. Oh, well, there you go. And they're small and they're feathered and they hunted small herbivores. So it's likely that the raptors that are used in the franchise movies, they were more modeled off of another raptor type species like the Dianos- Di- Dianocheus. I can't pronounce that word for the life of me. I think those, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, uh, I think they have them in Valguero on <clears throat> Ark. It's a bigger raptor. It they made that one actually have a gliding ability. I doubt the real one would, but 
<laughs> but no, yeah, it's a little bit bigger than. Yeah. Yeah. So after they fight the raptors and the raxes, they get off the island, blah, blah, blah. Um, they bring the baby to the mainland, the, the mama to the mainland. The mama gets out, eats a dog, Rex wreaks havoc on San Diego. They use the baby to lure the mama back to the boat. And the baby makes her first kill by killing Hammond's nephew in the boat. So, um, I already talked about how I didn't like the raptor effects in this one as much. Yeah. Um, which so, which one, number three? In the second one. In the second one. Yeah. Um, I just felt like they looked kind of fake. Um, the stegosaurus were brought in because fans were disappointed that they weren't in the first movie. Yeah, not surprised. Because they're a huge fan favorite. See, my problem with <clears throat> Jurassic Park is that I was hoping we were going to see... More of the dinosaurs. Like, I didn't need to see them chasing down humans again. Because right. that seems to be all what they do. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to see more, like... Variety? Yeah. Like, if they had taken the story with the mother Triceratops somewhere. Mm. Like, oh, she was poisoned because she ate something. And now they got to find a, a a root or something from yeah. the prehistoric times that <clears throat> normally would have cured that for them. Mm-hmm. Right? And then they would have to do botany recreation with plants and stuff like that. You know, take it on a tangent. It doesn't always have to be about, okay, what's the craziest way we can get someone killed this time? Yeah, but you only have like two hours and it's basically a a semi-thriller type movie, right? Well, I know that. And I mean, at least in the newer movies, you do see a lot more variety. They brought in like the Ankylosaurus and um, you see more of the um, stiglos, stiglomoths, Um, You see different ones in Fallen Kingdom too. Yeah. It's like, I think they're showing more and I know in Dominion there are going to be some big ass dinosaurs coming at you. Well, when it gets to the Jurassic World <laughs> and you get the Adominus Rex and the Endoraptors and stuff like that, you lost me. Yeah. Because now, instead of bringing back dinosaurs that were, now you're mixing two different dinosaurs together and it just all of a sudden works. Do you know how hard it is to cross species, not even mention cross genus or mm-hmm. cross category? Like, yeah, it's impossible. It, it's almost impossible. <laughs> but yet they're like, okay, we can do it. No trouble. Here we go. So, yeah, they lost me. They yeah. should have just brought in more actual dinosaurs instead of making so them. So the T-Rexes that you saw, the two <coughs> in that scene with the trailer? Yeah. They actually made those two Rexes bigger than they made the Rex in the first movie. Yeah. And they actually had to build the set around those two animatronics. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's how big they were. Um, and the huge. sounds from the parasaurs were made from cows mooing into a PVC piping. Hmm. Yeah. And the baby Rex noise was actually a baby camel calling for its mother and the sounds of the pterodons at the end was actually dental floss being pulled through the plastic container (laughs) that's different right so i'm not even gonna i'm gonna skip most of three i will just tell you the debunks and the fun stuff well let me ask you something what what's your favorite herbivore herbivore stegosaurus stegosaurus what's your favorite carnivore t-rex what's your favorite air dinosaur I don't really have one. No? I don't like birds in general. Oh, okay. Why? What do you mean, why? We're on a Jurassic Park episode. What do you think? <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sick. Leave me alone. Um, <clears throat> so you know how they have... Um, and the only thing that was really different in Jurassic Park 3 was they brought in the Spinosaurus. 
Um, that was neat. It was neat, but completely wrong. Yeah. Completely wrong. So the Spino kills the Rex right away. Right away. Which right there is where they lost me. Right? I'm like, nope, not interested. You just killed off the Rex. Fuck you. Screw you. Right? And you know who I felt about the Spino when we went to Ark. And I'm like, I don't want the yeah. Spino. I don't want anything to do with it. Anyways. <clears throat> so who would actually win in that fight if it was to take place? Spino. <laughs> so I diligently researched this fact and it became pretty obvious so it would be a very tough fight but it comes down to strength speed and intelligence the spino is larger than a t-rex and has um, 11 inch teeth and a bite force of 6500 pounds the t-rex is stronger faster smarter with 12 inch teeth and a bite force of 12,000 pounds um, so, therefore, the Rex would most definitely win. Um, coupled with the Rex's excellent senses, hearing, sight, and smell, the Spinal wouldn't even be able to get the drop on him. He would know. Right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. No. No. no right? Um, so, yeah. So, there's no way. Well, we can't prove any of it either. So. No. But also, it wouldn't have even happened anyways because neither of them lived in the same time period. So, bum, bum, bum. so the Spinosaurus lived in the lower end of the Cretaceous about 112 to 97 million years ago and were long gone by the time of the king of the dinosaurs, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, who dominated the end of the Cretaceous about 67 to 65 and a half million years ago. So this movie I found was very weak plotted. It was, oh, these two rich people annoyingly get Dr. Alan Grant and his buddy from digging up dinosaurs to go on this thing to rescue a mission, but they lied to him, and yeah, anyways. Velociraptors were in it again. I I don't know. I just, I just felt like everything was kind of thrown together. Like, I just felt like... Like it was, it was a cash grab? Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> they had, like, the Velociraptors, and Dr. Grant was making all, like, these observations about their complex vocalizations and stuff like you know like you're listening to orcas or something yeah how they're actually communicating yeah <laughs> that's the opposite velociraptors did not have any complex vocalizations as they were made out to be in this movie instead they were said to have sounds similar to birds like chirps and moans yeah you know um unlike the first two movies this one wasn't directed by spielberg this one was directed by joe johnstone but spielberg assisted Probably just so we had a reference for the effects. Yeah. Um, they wanted to have the Spino versus Rex fight to show the strength of the Spino, which I just already poo-pooed on anyways. Um, okay, what about a Giga against a Rex? I can't go there. I didn't do research for that. Oh, no. Oh. So for you guys that don't know at home, a Gigasaurus, or some people even call it a Gigantosaurus, depending on who you talk to, but we call it a Giga. A Giga. Because... That They're motherfucker's like huge. Twice the size of a Rex, but look, <coughs> but look exactly like a Rex. They're just bigger, a lot bigger, a lot meaner. Like if you thought a Rex could push down trees, this thing's pushing down forests. Sarah's looking. Stuff I am up. looking it up, but it's not giving me anything really. <coughs> I have to read the entire thing. Oh, it says. Well, see, they weren't even existed around the same time either. The Gigasaurus existed 30 million years before the T-Rex. So the T-Rex probably evolved from the Giga. 
most likely. However, this article is giving it to the Gigasaurus, who would be the more capable predator. Oh, God, yeah. Mean so, thing. Yeah. If I was to go, I'd have to really look into it to get you guys like the numbers. But well, I was looking on uh, one documentary I was watching. I don't know if it was history or what it was. But they were saying there was something actually like 13 different species of Rex. And T-Rex was just one of them. Hmm. So. Yeah, maybe. There's a lot of comp- competition out there. But T-Rex is easy to say. And yeah. even if you want to say the Tyrannosaurus. Tyrannosaurus, yeah. Yeah. That's even easier to so, say. So, yeah. So, the raptors in the spino were done with telemetry machines. Um, the sound of the giant pterodon that you see in the um, aviary scene um, was made by um, albatross and another animal. I can't remember what it was. And then the baby ones were made of fighting baby mongooses. Oh, nice. And uh, the spino had the same as the T-Rex, but also added a baby bear to manipulate the pitch. Um, oh, so when the spino's under the water in that one scene um, is the first time an animatronic was submerged, which obviously has safety hazards. You don't want to electrocute the people yeah, and you don't yeah. want it to short circuit. So it was coated in a waterproof skin. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that moves us to Jurassic World and Jurassic World 2. Well, you got 20 minutes. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I can read all that. That's what I mean. Like. We don't need all the plot points or things like that. If people want okay, to see well, the movie, they so can one of see my favorite movie. scenes is with Irfan yeah. um, Khan, who plays. Say that ten times yeah, fast. I had to actually write it out as it sounded, so I wouldn't screw it up. Oh, okay. He plays Mr. Mer- Mr. Mesrani, the the owner who took over for Hammond, so that he would the oversee. crazy helicopter yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite scene, like it's actually two scenes with him in it, but they're right right in the same section so he's flying the helicopter and claire is like maybe you should just pay attention to the controls and he's like some something about oh part of life is accepting you have no control and she yells birds and as the birds are flying and he's trying to dodge the birds at the end you hear one bird go ah <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know that it just gets me every fucking time <laughs> and then when they land his helicopter instructor runs out and throws up in the bush and she's like is he okay and he's like ah He's fine. He's just being over dramatic. I'm like, he's such a cool character. Yeah. Like, I just like him. He's Who so plays like, him? Um, Irfan Khan. Irfan Khan. Oh, okay. Yeah, he actually passed away in 2020 from cancer. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, he's oh, he was a great actor. I liked him. Um, but yeah, that was my favorite. Um, obviously we had talked about the Indominus Rex and how they had patched different dinosaurs together to make this genetic, genetically modified hybrid. Um, I thought it was that Watiki guy. Watiki? Yeah. What? Um, he he's now directing movies. What? Um, uh, I'll look it up later. Go on. That was okay. Whatever. Um. Anyways, now I'm thrown off completely. So anyways, Con. So anyways, they I don't okay. So they they go to the paddock, and. Ms. Ronnie wants Claire to bring in Owen Grady, who's played by Chris Pratt. And so she does that, and he's like, they can't find the Indominus Rex in the pen. And there's like, there's like these claw marks on the, the thing. And she's like, I can track him. I can track her from the control room. So she's driving back to the control room, and she phones Nick from New Girl, who plays in the movie as Lowry, to ask if she he can check her, tra- her tracking device. And I'm thinking to myself... 
Why didn't you just do that while you were standing at the pen, at the paddock with the animals? So now you're halfway to the control center, but you're on the phone and they're telling you there's people in the, in the pen because Grady goes in the pen with the security guard and the maintenance worker. And they're like, oh no, there's, she's in the paddock. She's in the enclosure and there's people in there and they're like, get her, get them out. (coughs) Needless to say, everybody, but um, Chris Pratt dies in that scene trying to get away from it yeah and then dinosaur gets out all hell breaks okay what did you think about him being able to train them like that well the basis of this movie in my opinion was basically looking at the captive industry and how you're controlling animals that are wild and 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 how these environments aren't natural to them and he even states that (coughs) 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 multiple times (coughs) Um, that there's still animals that aren't supposed to be here, so they're, um, you know, they have relationships built on falsities, and he says that in multiple times throughout the movie, including in the Indominus Rex, saying that the only relationship that she has is with the crane that drops her food in. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Um. I I think obviously it was it's just a play for the movies. So you don't think if they were around today, you could train them no. like that? For starters, raptors are not as smart. Yeah, they're not smart. They're not smart like that. And they're not that large. You couldn't train them. They're not that large. No. Because those are smaller ones than the ones that were in Jurassic Park. Yeah, but they're still bigger than what a velociraptor is supposed to be. Oh. So, um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know why. They, she didn't just track the Indominus Rex from the enclosure. She was calling the control center anyways. Like, there's really not a whole lot to actually debunk in this movie. If I'm being completely honest. Didn't they have Tapajiras in this <clears throat> one for the first time? Um, I don't know. I know they had pterodons in it because they had the a- the aviary. Yeah. The, Rex, the Indominus Rex Indom goes into the aviary and that's where... Ms. Ronnie crashes the helicopter because all the pterodons come at the, the yeah. helicopter. Um, <clears throat> no, I I don't know. I can't remember if I saw tapajaras in this one. Is it raining? No, oh. it's something eating something else. Um, but there are some cool production notes. So obviously Spielberg was executive producer on this. He wasn't directing this yeah. one either. Um, Colin Trevorrow did. And I think he's directing the current one that's out, Dominion. Did he do the middle one? Um, no, but he was he wrote it. Oh, okay. He, well. I think he's very active in these movies to make sure that they keep the integrity that <laughs> Spielberg first had in the first one. Um, but they even went as far as making a fake website for the park, as well as for the Mizrani Corporation. Oh, nice. To generate publicity for these movies, and like you could actually go in to these websites and check out things, and it was a it was a really neat way to use the internet age to push the movies. So you played the game briefly. Was that the Jurassic World game? Yeah. That one was supposed to be pretty good. Dennis really liked that one. What did you think? I found that? I'm not a gamer, so I found it harder for me to navigate. I wish you had it got it on disc and then I could have tried it out. Mm. But. Well, yeah, you have to try that on mine. Um, so this was, uh, this movie was supposed to be released in 2005. Oh, really? Yeah, but it kept getting put on hold and it went through so many script rewrites. Um, 
Well, I'm glad they waited before trying to bring back yeah, Jurassic it made more Park sense. instead of cramming it down our throats and making us not like it. Yeah. So, Oh, so they used um, crew members in gray raptor suits in that scene in the raptor pen to train when they, um, Chris Pratt's training them. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they could get um, more cap... They used um, motion capture to show emotions through the process of the... Ra- and the thinking process of the raptors in those scenes. Oh, nice. So they were actually using people in little gray suits hunched over pretending they're raptors. That's awesome. I know, right? So, yeah. um, Like I said, once you debunk the first three movies, there's really not much to debunk here other than you really can't make a genetically modified dinosaur. Yeah. You know, you can splice and dice all you want, but it ain't going to happen. And even if they do end up cloning the mammoth like they've been talking about, apparently the only way to do it to make it work is to uh, crossbreed it with an elephant mm-hmm. embryo and then from there start breeding them together Yeah. so that eventually you'll get like 99.99% mammoth, mm. but until then it'll still be part elephant. Yeah. So <coughs> did you even see the second Jurassic World? No, I don't think I did. No. Well, I, think I like Chris Pratt though. Chris Pratt's great. Yeah, and Bryce Dallas Howard, who plays Claire, is really good too. He uh, he was Star Lord and Guardian of the Galaxy. Yes, he right? was. Yeah, yeah, he did good. <clears> and she played the woman who ate the chocolate pie in The Help. Oh, yeah, yeah, and she's also Ron Howard's daughter. Who is Bryce Dallas Howard, who plays Claire? Get out of town. Mm-hmm. How did someone that like? Shovel faced, come up with a daughter like that. Shovel faced. <laughs> I'm sorry, Howard. Don't make me laugh. Howard Stern is not the prettiest man. It's on not the Howard earth. Stern, Ron Howard. Oh, Ron Howard. <clears throat> Opie oh, from oh, Andy Griffith. Oh, oh. oh. Okay, well that Richie makes, Cunningham. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, <laughs> Howard Stern. Howard, I'm thinking like, really, that guy procreated. <laughs> Probably did. He probably did, yeah. So, so we got 10 minutes. Okay, well, so this one was basically about cloning, um, animal trafficking. Well, we know animal trafficking and captivity is bad. Um, we should be preserving environments instead of building them. So Benjamin Lockwood was Hammond's business partner right before they did Jurassic Park, like where they wanted to create the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park, right? And he has a granddaughter that he said that was his daughter's child, and his daughter died in a car accident. Well, it turns out Maisie Lockwood, his granddaughter, is actually a clone of his daughter because he's trying to bring back his daughter from the dead. Huh. Yeah, and the one guy who's evil in this, like basically outs it to her in front of um, Claire and... Um, Which one's in this? The second. This is in the second one, the Fallen Kingdom. Um, so basically, all these animals are in the house getting sold off, and they bring out the Indoraptor, which is like this fucked up. It's probably the most frightening creature I think I've seen because it you can, it's um sight it can um attack if you use a certain gun and you point it at it, it's directed to that person. It's basically a military weapon. And then you hit a button and it'll just attack that person. Like, it's crazy. And um, 
they didn't want to sell it. They brought it out to show that it's just a prototype. This we can make these. All I'm seeing is a cat with a laser light, and you it put the laser on your friend's leg. Yeah, and the cat goes for it. Basically, anyway. So the Indoraptor gets yeah. out, kills a bunch of people, and then he he goes after the girl, and he's terrorizing the house. And then Blue's still there. Blue gets into it, and they get fighting in the seat, like the fighting in the granddaughter's bedroom, which is kind of a Funny twist on how you sit in your bedroom and you play dinosaurs and you're going rawr with the plastic dinosaurs. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, but these are two real ones going at it in her bedroom. Um, Who's trying to eat Mr. Donut Man? I don't know, but they better not. Yeah, right. Um, and then they get on the glass roof above like the showroom and the, di- the both the Indoraptor and Blue, the Velociraptor from the first movie, go through the roof and the Indoraptor ends up impaled on a Triceratops skull. Oh, good times. And Blue, Blue's fine, but... Through all this, cyanide um, gases are being released into the area where all the dinosaurs are being kept, and they're all kind of slowly dying, basically, and they have to make a decision whether to let them die or release them. And the granddaughter releases them, and she's like, they're just like me. Do you know what an alcoholic's two favorite colors are? I don't know. Blue and blue light. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, and that's how the dinosaurs get released into the real world, which leads into Dominion, and that's where we kind of call it, right? Yeah. So at the end, they show the dinosaurs trying to reintegrate <coughs> themselves into the society that we have now, into the world that we're living now. They show the T-Rex growling at the lion, and they show Blue running along like the Arizona red mountain things, or red rocks and stuff, and... They're just showing all these things. They show the Mosasaurus basically almost eat a surfer. And and you see it. It's the start of the last movie that's coming out. So, like, they're trying to incorporate dinosaurs <clears throat> into our current ecosystem? Yeah. yeah. That is so disastrous. Oh, oh that fuck That is disgustingly yeah. disastrous. <laughs> oh, my God. All mammalian species would be dead in months. So, this movie is Blue's starring role. Well, and she deserved it because she was a very loved character. I think the whole series was a love note to Blue. What, from Jurassic World to this one? Yeah. And I think it continues in the next yeah. one from Bl- what like, I can tell. Without Blue, the original guy is kind of pointless. Mm-hmm. So there's some side notes now. So there's two scenes in this movie that break my heart completely. The one where the gyrosphere with... um. Claire and Franklin, who's played by Justice Smith, they get into the gyrosphere to try to outrun the lava that's coming at them. They go off a cliff into the water, and all these dinosaurs are jumping off the cliff into the water, and you see this this triceratops or cyanoceratops and like those other ones. They're all trying to keep their head, but they're sinking slowly. You know they're drowning. You know it, and it's like, oh my God, I don't want to see this. And then at the end, when they get off the island and they're on the freighter going back to the land... They show an apatosaurus on land, and it's basically crying, like, like help me, like, help me. And then you see it being consumed by the volcanic ash and smoke and then the fire, and then it just dies, and it's, like, heartbreaking. I can't watch any movies where animals die, although the Indoraptor dying did not hurt me at all. Didn't no. It did not, no. But the, that scene with the apatosaurus, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm crying like a paper bag bitch. Um, so the gyrosphere scene though, where it's going off the cliff into the water was filmed at a London studio and they used the roller coaster track and they had the actors in it cause they wanted to be able to get the right angle 
for the shot of it falling off of the cliff and get a genuine reaction from the two actors inside the ball. So that was kind of a neat fact that I found about that. Um, so they wanted to make sure they got the expressions. Um, and Blue was mostly like CGI in the first one. But for the surgery scene in the second one where they're on the freighter, it, they actually made um, an animatronic life-size Blue animatronic oh. for that. And so that they could see the movement and stuff. And it was neat. I wonder how long some of these animatronics are going to last. I have no idea. But it's kind of neat what they can do. Because I know the costumes for the Ninja Turtles, <clears throat> they've all biodegraded. Mm-hmm. They've all rotten. I'm sure nowadays these animatronics for the the newer movies will probably last longer. They're probably made more like high end. Yeah. Or the maybe materials are different, right? Or maybe they'll just be treated better maybe. instead of just, you know, like shoved thrown. into like a studio. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to talk about death tolls? Yeah, you got 4 minutes. How many people All right. died? So in the first one, yeah. 5. Okay. In the second one, 15. Holy crap, let's triple it. Yeah. Right. Jurassic Park 3, 6. Okay, bringing it back. Jurassic World, 41. Holy crap. Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom, was 24. 91 humans in total died in all five of these movies. 91 humans. Humans, yep. So, if only nine die in this one, it'll be an even hundred for Mm -hmm. the whole series. I have a feeling more than nine is going to die in this one. You think so? Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good count. That's pretty good. So, my favorite, I'm going to rank my movies, not including Dominion, because obviously I haven't seen it. So, I'll start with the worst movie and go to the best movie so far. So, in number five, I have Jurassic Park 3. Absolutely fucking hated that one. Yeah. And it'll stay in last place, guaranteed. Garbage. Yeah. yeah. And I put Jurassic World 2. Is that like Ghostbusters 2016? Oh, uh, we don't even count that one. Oh, actually, you know what I heard today? What? It's been removed from canon. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's it, that bad. It, yeah, doesn't even count anymore. Um, so number four, I have Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom. Not because it was a shit movie. It's just because I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the ones ahead of it. Yeah. Um, in number three, I have Jurassic Park 2 Lost World. And then in number two, I have Jurassic World, the first one. And of course, in number one, it's got to be the original, the yeah. OG Jurassic Park. Yeah. It, it was the iconic <laughs> film that started all of this. It, it was like... The first Star Wars coming out, right? The yeah. other ones were good too, but the first one was the thing that made the initial statement. Yeah. Right? The the whole, this is what we can do now. This is the start of it. Yeah. This is the magic that we're creating. Where we go from now is just extra. You know? Yeah. But no, like, I love these movies, and you know I do, because I fall asleep to them all the time. Yeah. I love waking up in the middle of the night to... <laughs> or... Yeah. Or like hearing like the the spitter going <laughs> just before he spits on the dude and there's a spider on your table. There's a spider on my table. Yeah. You wanna split it? No, you can have it all. Where'd it go? It's on the side. Well now it's loose. Yeah. What the fuck? Barbecue, man. You know what else is loose? My ex girlfriend. <laughs> like a hot dog down a hallway. I bet. <laughs> so what so, so what are the movies you've seen of the Jurassic ones would you say was the best and the worst well I, I think I'm with you the best one being the first one mm-hmm. and the worst one being the third one yeah yeah because I've seen the first Jurassic World yeah we saw that in the theater and 
I think I own the second Jurassic Park. I have all five movies on Blu-ray. No, I mean when I was on my own. Right? Oh. Like, like watching them, watching them, mm. like without outside influence, right? Right. Uh, yeah, three, I don't know if I even finished it. It, it was just, no, I'm and done it, with this series kind of thing. Before we go see Dominion, you should probably see Fallen Kingdom. Probably. Yeah. It would help. Yeah, I think But so. it's been so long, I should probably start at the first world. Oh, wait. Oh, Jurassic World, not all the way back to Jurassic Park. No, I don't think I have to go that far. No, I'm doing that right now. You're always doing that. You never stop doing that. <laughs> I'm on a cycle. Well, they took Jurassic the Jurassic Park movies off of Netflix, and I was like, what do I do now? So I was watching Dirty Dancing, and that's good to fall asleep to because it's got good music to it. Yeah. And so does Twister. Twister was good to fall asleep to because it had good music. But now I got the DVD player hooked back up, so I'm back on the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World cycle. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's our time. So uh, if you guys enjoy the show, all we ask is that you tell a buddy. If everybody tells a buddy, then that's another buddy that we got, right? And make sure you check us out on the social medias. Yeah, I'm not going to list them again. Save no. you the time. No, you can uh, find them all on the Mystery Map Fan Club page on Facebook. If you feel like supporting the show, and we're not asking you to, but if you feel like it, there's a buy me a coffee account button there somewhere. I don't know. I put it there at one point. So <laughs> if you find it, good for you. Uh, if not, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week where we're talking about, well, it's a mystery. Have a good night, everybody.